Welcome to Encompass Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us today. To share your story of what God has been doing in you and through you, take a moment to email us at amen at encompass.org.au. Enjoy today's message. privilege of being here with the wider siblings, our family here. Um, just really quickly off the bat, I want to put in a, yesterday was fantastic, but I think I might need to put in a compensation claim. I don't know if you saw it on Instagram, but someone pulled my hoodie and necked me. The rumours about me body slamming Bill before that are untrue. Okay, Bill, you'll have yours. No, love you, brother. Love you. So good. It was a really great day. You know, just to give you a bit of an encouragement, um, we, you know, in some WhatsApp chats, we heard that um, Pastor Anthony was able to lead someone to the Lord in one of those, under one of those tents yesterday. You know, those are, those are fantastic moments. We don't take them for granted. God does what he wants to do, when he wants to do it, how he wants to do it. Yeah. And uh, I had uh, one of the uh, older granddads from just up the street come and he just said, are you guys, are you part of the team that set this up? And I said, yeah, we are. And he goes, look, we just want to say thank you. And he said to his grandson, say thank you. And he went, chocolate full of you, you know, thank you. It was just the cutest thing. I wish I could have taken a photo. It was a beautiful, beautiful moment. You know, we cannot take those moments for granted. Our generosity, we are shining a light of Jesus Christ. So today is in the Christian calendar, we celebrate Palm Sunday. It's Palm Sunday. And it's one of those moments in Scripture where we get a picture and a glimpse of the people in Jerusalem praising the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I thought today, you know, our theme is what? His kingdom come. And I thought what we would look at today in light of that is just a bit of refresher, a bit of a, a reminder of that, but also what it means to be kingdom living, to living for the king. And I really sense the Holy Spirit today wants to do something deep in us, in each and every one of us. And allow yourselves, as we've heard right from the, the, the songs, the ministry moments, God wants us to have a moment of surrender with him and we know that he's going to speak. So let's just pray before we get into it further. Holy Spirit, we know you are here. We thank you, Lord God, that we take this moment today to celebrate you as king. King over all, king over our lives. And I know you are going to speak, you're going to move, and you're going to challenge us the only way you can. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Question, has anyone here ever done an Ancestry.com search or a DNA swab? Anyone? You know those swabs that you send in to find out about your heritage? Yeah, a few people. I haven't actually done one myself, but we have some good friends of ours who actually are living overseas at the moment. They've got a, a Kiwi background, and one of the ladies there, she was telling us that her dad did one of these swabs, and she rang us all excitedly, and she goes, Mark, guess what? My dad did one of those DNA swabs, and... You know, as I said, they are Kiwi background, grown up as, you know, in that uh, environment. And she goes, guess what? Guess what? We are 5.8% Italian. 
And I said to her, you know what, that explains a lot. <laughs> it explains why she gets animated and, and she loves the Italian food and the emotions go high and low. And I said, that explains a lot. But you see, we all have a heritage linked to us, don't we? None of us are alone in that. We have an earthly heritage. As Christians, we have an earthly heritage that gives us our DNA, that gives us our characteristics. I've said it before and I'll say it again, if you look at my dad and you look at me, that's just me, my, me in 40 years' time. I've got his belly, I've got his short legs, I've got his nose, his chin. You are a genetic makeup of your earthly heritage. But guess what? There is also an earthly, uh, sorry, a heavenly heritage that you and I belong to. And that you and I have a kingdom that is above this world, not of this world, that we are part of. And just like our earthly heritage tries to influence us via, you know, the kingdoms and the kings that have happened, the reigns that have happened over time, over, for argument's sake, in Italy or wherever you're, you're from, that has played an influence in your life. But guess what? Heavenly heritage wants to influence you, wants to influence me. Understand this, in order for there to be a kingdom, there's got to be a king or a queen. There's got to be royalty. There's got to be a reign and rule, the laws and the parameters of that kingdom, a language of the kingdom. Here in Australia, what do we speak? We speak the English, we speak English, and that's part of our um, heritage. But in order to be a kingdom, there's also a culture, what we're known for, and a currency we trade with. Here in Australia, what do we trade with? The Aussie dollar. We know all those things, don't we? But the questions I believe the Holy Spirit is going to ask of us today as we go through are these. Who is sitting on your throne? Who is your king? Whose reign are you going to choose to abide by? What does the language you and I speak say of the kingdom we belong to? Which culture are you following? And which currency are we trading with? We're going to go through those. You see, to help us answer those questions, let's filter them and remind ourselves of our key verse, our scriptures for the day. First one is Matthew 6.33, and we've got it up on the screen now. For those of us here uh, in Bandura, there is going to be from time to time some underlying portions of scripture. And you guys can see it very clear here. You've got a VMAX screen. Okay. In Doreen, we don't have this. So when this thing's underlined, you have no excuse to not to read it with me. Is that okay? All right. So we know uh, our key scripture, Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you, shall be added to you. And the message says it this way. It says, steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions, don't worry about missing out, you'll find all of your everyday human concerns will be met. You see, when we prioritise, when we seek first, when we steep our life in God, his righteousness found in Jesus Christ, guess what happens? Our lives fall under the kingship of Jesus Christ, under his reign, under his rule, our language changes, our culture changes and we trade with the currency of heaven. But make no mistake, let's make no mistake, our earthly, fallen, sinful nature 
will try and let counterfeit kings step on our throne. Happens to all of us. None of us are immune to it. We are fallen beings. But guess what? Here is an example that I just want to share with you. Who here has seen um, the movie uh, Inside Out before? Yeah? You know, there's a, there's a picture there that um, the... In Inside Out, it's not there? Oh, yep, here we go. It's a funny picture of... Or it's a funny movie that shows what happens in this mind of a little girl. And see that control panel there? This is the throne of her mind and... And what actually happens throughout the movie is you see different characters and personalities come in and get onto the control panel and wreak havoc in the girl's life, you know. So one of the characters is sadness. That's the blue girl there. And when she goes in, everything just goes blue and glum. And then there's joy. You know, she's forever trying to fight to get controls. And it goes on fear, disgust. My favourite character is the angry guy, you know, the... He's fiery, and whenever he's on the throne, chaos ensues. But you see, church, let's understand this. For as long as we have breath, there will always be a battle. There will always be a contention between our spirit man trying to let God and Christ sit on the throne of our mind and, and the fleshly man who wants to let things like people, power, position, pleasure, fame and fortune to sit in that place. So for the next few moments, we're going to look at a scripture. We're actually going to do an expository um, a message. I'm going to do an expository message. We're going to look at Colossians chapter 3. If you've got your Bibles, get there. We're going to look at 17 verses, but we're going to go through it portion by portion. And to give you a bit of context here, the book of Colossians was written by the Apostle Paul. For those of you who don't know, a bit of uh, church history. The Apostle Paul, before he became a Christian, before he had an encounter with Jesus Christ, he was actually going around the churches of the day and locking Christians up. The first Christian martyr was known as Stephen, and he actually was there at Stephen's death. So this man had an encounter with Christ, and all of a sudden his life went from black to white, and he went around preaching the gospel and, and became, um, he's, you know, he's written many letters in the New Testament in the Bible that we have today. And in this letter, Colossians, he's actually in prison. In the latter days of his life, he's in prison for his faith and him practicing uh, his faith in Rome. And what actually happens, he writes this letter to Colossae, a church he'd never been to before. But he actually started hearing things that were worrying him. He was worried about their pagan practices, their pagan, pagan heritage, and the ideas that were influencing the Christian church at that time. Does that sound like it's relevant for us today? Most definitely. So let's look at Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. Can you see all the underlined scriptures? So those words, as I said, you got it on the VMAX screen. Let's read it together when we get there. So it says... Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honour at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, 
and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Read it together underlined. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So what does kingdom living look like? We're going to look at a couple of things of what it looks like and how we can express it. The first thing we see, kingdom living starts with a new life in Christ. That's where it begins. That is where we, you and I, come to a moment in our lives realising that we cannot do life alone, that we've tried to be the Lord of our lives, we've tried to guide ourselves, but we keep falling flat on our face. We keep trying to do good, but we keep falling flat continually. It's where we come to the realisation that we're a sinner, that we need to turn and repent and go back to God. It's where we realise the many things that we've let sit on our throne that have caused pain and heartache. A new life in Christ means that we're living more and more in his likeness. That is why at every church uh, campus at Encompass, each Sunday, we allow a time for salvation where people can come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why we do it, because we know it all begins there, where heaven and earth collide and a life can be snatched out of the kingdom of darkness and brought into the kingdom of heaven. And before the end of the service, I'm going to be giving that opportunity again, like we do week in, week out, and allow your heart to be softened to that. What else does kingdom living involve? The next thing we see is kingdom living understands that earthly things are temporary and heaven is real and eternal. I love that passage of the scripture. It says, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Who here has flown in a plane before? Yeah, a lot of us have. You know what that is like? Let me give you a simple explanation. When we go on a fly on a plane, usually what actually happens, there is a passage or a part of the trip where the pilot will select autopilot. And what actually happens is during that moment, there is a coordinate that is set. So for argument's sake, if we're flying from Melbourne to Sydney, they'll go autopilot and the plane will set the course via GPS to go to Sydney. Guess what happens? The plane will encounter turbulence. The plane may encounter a headwind or a tailwind pushing it. But guess what? That plane will get to Sydney. So when you and I set the reality, our, our realities in heaven, guess what happens? No matter what turbulence comes our way as Christians, we will get to heaven. We will get to heaven. We have to allow ourselves to set our minds on the realities of heaven. A lot of the times we can get bamboozled by what is happening, the circumstance, the pain, the heartache of this world. But we know that we are eternal beings. We are created in the image of God. That is why death hurts so much. We weren't created for it. But God's heart is for us to live eternally with him. Kingdom living understands that while we may have many material blessings here on earth, guess what? They are temporary. Here today, gone tomorrow. Kingdom living understands that tribulations and troubles, whatever they are, emotional, physical, relational, 
are also temporary. And guess what, church? This is where I'm excited. Their days are numbered in the light of eternity. One day our troubles will be gone. They are numbered. And on the flip side, kingdom living acknowledges that when our lives are led by an earthly king or an earthly culture, turmoil and chaos prevail. Let's go to further down in Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 to 9. Paul continues, and he says, let's read, you can just read the underlined. You don't have to read the, uh, the rest. I'll, I'll uh, do that for you. It says, so put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy. And it goes on. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behaviour, slander and dirty language. Don't lie to each other. For you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. So what do we see here? When sexual immorality, that is, Every sexual practice outside of God's design for us, impure thoughts, lust, desiring and scheming to get things of what we don't have, evil desires. These things, church, can be practiced, but they are not beneficial. The Bible says everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Our earthly kingdom, our earthly culture has set many of those things up on thrones, And guess what? The fallout is clear. Let me give you a, uh, we're pretty all mature people here, let me give you a quick um, explanation of what happened for those of us who weren't even born then. But in the 60s and 70s, you know, there was a whole free love movement. You know, everyone heard about that? You know, the free love and things were going on that was in chaos ensued. You know what the sad thing is? After that generation, decade after decade since, guess what? That free love didn't last very long. There has been greater depression, greater loneliness, greater hurt, and even greater selfishness. Those are the outcomes when we let chaos and those things ensue. Greed. This is a big one that can sit on our throne, where we, we feel the need to incessantly buy things, where the philosophy, you may have heard this term, who'd Who dies with the most toys wins. God have mercy on us if that is the case. Anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language and so on. And lies. Where we cover up something that we've done so we can don't get caught. You know, here's a confession time. I can remember when Jonah and I first got married. I got down to losing all of my demerit points. And... I went to my wife and I thought to myself, in my mind, I thought, okay, I've got 12 points, they're almost gone. Judna's got 12 points, so that gives me 24. <laughs> but how many know my wife, a woman of great integrity? At that point, I said, John, babe, you need to take some points for me. She looked at me, Really? I was trying to cover up a sin that I'd gotten away, you know, I was trying to get away with it. And she goes, no, hon, I'm sorry. She goes, that car that you love so much, you can see it collect dust over the next few months. 
And you know what? It was tough love. I didn't get any, any more points. I was down to that last point. But guess what? That correction actually helped me. We, when we lie, we try to cover up things. Or maybe even lying can be like embellishing the truth of what we put on our socials and what we, we portray to those around us. You know, church, if any of those things are sitting on our throne, you know, they are holding you and I back. They are choking kingdom living out of us. And can I encourage you through the Spirit today, do not take the earthly culture of when these things come up in church or when we see that God is trying to say something to us, let's not get offended. Let's not get offended. Let's not take offence. Let's really listen and go, God, he's challenging me about something. Open up your heart to it because guess what? God wants to do you good. He is for you. He is not against you. Don't take offence. Allow the Holy Spirit to bring counterfeit kingdoms down in your life in mine. Amen? Amen? So now that we've looked at what kingdom living looks like, let's look at a couple things of how we can express them. Three things. How can we express kingdom living? Well, we can express kingdom living by our culture, our language, and our currency. Let's continue. Colossians chapter 3, and we're now at uh, verses 12 to 13. It says, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, it says there, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you and you must forgive others. The first point there, kingdom living is expressed by our culture. You see the term there, clothe yourself. Clothes are our external um, attributes, aren't they? It's what we first see when we look at one another. You know, our culture is on show. What do people do? What do people see when they look at us? Do they see tender mercy? Do they see kindness, humility, and so on? Culture is more than a food type. It's more than a traditional dance. And it is more than a fashion. Kingdom culture is a lifestyle. It's a way of living that you and I choose to live as Christians. So here's a question for you. If after you're gone, they were to do a biography on your life, a story on your life or mine, what would people say about you as they walked the streets and interviewed your friends and family? What would they say down the street? I would hope for me they wouldn't say, oh, that's just the, that Italian rev head who's gone down the street. I would hope they wouldn't say that. I would hope that they would say something like, he was one of those Jesus freaks. One of those men who loved God, he was committed to his wife, committed to his family, and just was kind and forgiving. What do you want people to say of you? What culture are you living? Are you just living your earthly culture? I'm Italian, I'm Indian, I'm Sri Lankan. Are you just wanting to show that? Or are you and I truly wanting to show the culture of Christ within us? How else can we express kingdom living? Kingdom living is expressed by our language. It goes on to say in verses 14 to 15, Above all, clothe yourselves with love. 
which binds us all together in perfect harmony and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. How many of us know that words of peace and thankfulness are better than worry and thanklessness? We would agree, wouldn't we? Very simple. But here's a, let me go, let's see if we're all honest in church, you know, we're before God. Who here has ever said something they regret? Well, only a few people. Only a few people. For those of you who haven't raised your hand, it means you haven't. Don't worry, just give yourself time, it's coming. <laughs> you will say something you regret one day. I've put my size eight foot in my mouth many times. You see, church, when God is on the throne of our lives, ruling and reigning our language changes. Where it may have been full of hate and criticism, judgment, hurt or despair before, after Christ, our language of faith, hope and love should be what is bubbling up out of us. What does faith, hope and love sound like? Well, we know in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says that his faith is the substance of things, realisation of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So a language of faith speaks and says that with God, all things are possible. It says that God is able. He's able to carry you, give you wisdom, forgive you and make you have a, a life that is after him. A, a, a language of faith says that God is the same yesterday, today and forever. And that a language of faith says that with God, with God, he can make a way where there seems to be no way. A language of hope. I love this. It says it is the, the joyous anticipation of good. In other words, a language of hope is believing the best for you and believing the best for others. That even in the darkest circumstances, God's light can still shine. That's what hope, a language of hope, has for us. And a language of love. It's the will, the goodwill for others. And we've read uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 many times in weddings and we think it's only for the married couple. No, it is for all of us. In 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7, love is patient. This is the love language that should be coming out of us. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Those are the culture languages that should come out of us. Faith, hope and love. You see, when people hear us speak, are they ducking for cover? Are they running out the room? Or are they actually open to what we're saying? You know, uh, I want to share a, a, a testimony and a story. Just before Christmas, someone, a, a couple, a lovely couple in our Encompass family, um, gave Jonna and I uh, some gifts that they wanted to bless some families in the church with. And they said, look, 
If you know of anyone struggling just before Christmas, we'd like to give these envelopes of blessing to these families. And, and Jana and I had the privilege and the blessing of being the delivery Uber drivers for those gifts. And can I tell you, it blew us away. Blew us away. And we went to this one uh, family, uh, happened to be a single mum, and we went there and we just got talking, you know, she'd prepared coffee and some cake. And we got hearing her story, she just shared. Now, can I say, her story was one of absolute tragedy, one of hurt and pain. As she was just talking, she was sharing her upbringing and why she had gotten to where she had, but... More importantly, she spoke about when Jesus came into her life and how she turned to him and everything changed. And you know what was beautiful about it? When she was talking about the moments of pain and that, it wasn't as if she was speaking as a victim. It wasn't as if she was speaking as this was her. No, she was actually speaking faith, hope and love. Can I tell you? Jonah and I got in the car. We were more blessed than you would ever believe. Because this woman, through her tough circumstance, she was just speaking and crying out the thankfulness that she had towards Jesus. What is your language? What is my language saying about the king that is our king? The king that sits on our throne. And the final one, and if I can have Adrian up on keys, thank you. Kingdom living is expressed in our currency. Now, we know that currency is a system of money. It's used in a particular kingdom, you know, and it allows trade, doesn't it? Both locally and globally. Now, I know we've just come out of um, beyond the numbers. It's not that type of currency I'm talking about. But I want to give you this perspective as we go on in reading Colossians 3 further. In verses 16 to 17, it says, Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Kingdom living brings richness into your life and into mine. Why? Because Christ is the preeminent source of all things. That's what the Word teaches us. The Bible teaches us that through him all things are held together. But guess what? Unfortunately, particularly in Western culture, in Western nations across the globe, Christ and Christianity is now seen as a liability. Old, parochial, ancient, irrelevant. But know this, church. God through Christ has and will always be at work through His children. Whenever There is an opposing kingdom to the kingdom of God. Guess what? God has always prevailed and will always prevail. And we may think that this culture 
against Christianity has just happened in our lifetime. No, it has happened for generation after generation because there is an earthly demonic kingdom that tries to usurp, that tries to take away God from people's lives, that tries to steal the seed that may be planted. But church, you and I are the representative of Jesus Christ for this generation, for our community, for your street, for my street, for my family and yours. We are His representatives. We can represent Him. That's the currency that you and I can trade with. We can representative. We can be His representative. When there's darkness, we can bring light. Where there is dis- despair and hurt, we can bring faith, hope and love. We can live a kingdom culture right here, right now where we are. We can live for the kingdom of God. Don't be fooled. Don't be discouraged. No matter what attack may come, you are a son. You are a daughter of the Most High God. Stand up tall. Your kingdom, your king that you belong to is for you and with you. Can I ask that we stand? And if I could have the rest of the worship team up. With every head bow and every eye closed. You know, I said at the beginning that kingdom living starts with a new life in Christ. That's where it begins. If you want to turn from the counterfeit culture, the counterfeit king that is trying to rule your life, it starts with allowing Jesus Christ to sit on the throne of your mind, of your heart, of your soul, and make him your Lord, make him your saviour. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, this is a sacred moment. This is where the Holy Spirit just continues His work and points you and I to Christ. If that is you this morning, if you want to start a new life in Christ, right now, with no one looking around, Just raise your hand to heaven. Raise your right hand to heaven so I can see you, so we can pray together. Across this room, say, yes, I need Jesus to be my King. I'm tired of living it alone. I'm tired of doing it alone and failing miserably. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else across the room? Yes, I want Jesus in my life. I want to make Him. I want to start a new life with Him. Can we pray this aloud together? Church, let's join together. Dear Jesus, today I thank You and I make You King of my life. I turn. I repent. I ask forgiveness and I pray that You wash me clean. Be my Lord, be my Saviour, 
and I give my life to you. Help me to live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I think we need to give God a cheer because the Bible says that when a person gives their life to Christ, heaven rejoices. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Encompass Church. If today's message has impacted you and you want to give your life to Jesus, if you need prayer or if you want to get connected to the church, please contact us at office at encompass.org.au. Never miss a moment by following us online. Search for Encompass Church on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.